the core difference to me is the idea that you get explainability along with the prediction. Hello and welcome to HIMSCAST. I'm Susan Morris, Executive Editor of Healthcare Finance News. We are here today with Stephen Zander, who is Chief Analytics Officer at Cedargate Technologies. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you very much for having me, Susan. Great to be here. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and about Cedargate and about what the heck is interpretable artificial intelligence, please? Certainly. Thank you for the question. So uh, as you said, my name is Stephen Zander. I've worked in the healthcare informatics, uh, information analytics space for almost 25 years at this point in time. Uh, right now, yes, I'm the chief analytics officer with Cedargate Technologies. That's a role I've held for the last seven years. Prior to that, I worked with uh, HCSC, that's Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Texas, and uh, Montana. Uh, and prior to that, I spent time at IBM and at McKesson. And Cedargate. So Cedargate is focused on helping the different participants who are in the value-based care space become more successful in that space. So that's a collection of people. That's not just providers, but that's also payers and it's self-insured employers. We have a, a collection of products and services that are uh, compostable. So you can have individual pieces or you can have the whole thing that's really designed to look at payment technologies, to look at point of care interventions and population health, and to look at broader analytics insights, both from a reporting perspective and from a defining courses of action perspective. And it's those last three pieces, population health and the two kind of components of analytics that I live in the middle of, and really are the lead into your, the last half of your question, which is, well, what do we mean by interpretable? AI. Yes. Um, the simple answer, I guess, to that is probably explained best by a comparison, right? You see a lot of talk about AI in a lot of industries. It shows up everywhere. It seems that everybody's now thinking that AI is the answer to pretty much everything. Um, but in most industries, it doesn't matter why, right? If Netflix says, I think you might like this movie, there's no downside to Netflix being wrong. If I'm doing sentiment analysis on what I'm seeing in a social media environment and using that to sort of recognize how my brand is performing, there's really no downside to being wrong. If I'm trying to tell the difference between pictures of cats and dogs on the <laughs> internet, there's no downside to being wrong. I mean, I might look silly because it's you know, obviously one or the other, but there's really no consequences. And, and most AI practice across the last 5, 10, 15 years has really come from that perspective. Correlation is good enough. You don't need to explain. In healthcare, that's not true. You can't put information, particularly in front of a physician, and simply say, trust me, I'm sure the machine's right. That doesn't work. So really the difference between interpretable AI and what you hear everybody else talking about is just AI and how it's going to revolutionize every industry on the planet is the idea that you can understand why somebody, why the model says something is going to happen, not just that it's going to happen. 
If, if the model says Steven Zander is at risk of the following, well, why is he at risk of that? And so, and how do I either go confirm that or make choices about which of those things I want to react to? That's the, the core difference to me is the idea that you get explainability along with the prediction. Is it, is it it's more precise then? Is that the correct way to say it? Um, I don't know that it's, it's necessarily more precise. There are a lot of really precise AI models out there. Net, Amazon is disturbingly good at suggesting things that I might like to watch or to right. read. Uh, so they have great precision. It really isn't about being accurate, although accuracy matters. It's about explaining. If you, if you step back and look at sort of broader AI practice and research, Across the last five years, particularly, you see a rise in this interest in explainability. You see people talking about things like Lyme as a mechanism for explaining why a neural network thinks that that particular picture is a cat or a dog. But it's not something that's really uh, brought front and center in the way things are implemented. It's honestly not something in lots of cases that even practitioners like myself had necessarily highlighted in the past. The model says that it's at this sort of percentage of this happening or that this is the best course of action. You should just you know, take the model at face value and you can reject it if you want, but it doesn't need to explain itself. It just is. That doesn't work in healthcare. That's the key piece. It's, it- yeah, thank you for that. Um, and I'm sure we're going to be seeing much more of this and, and with your company. And I understand that you're looking at AI from a standpoint of workforce and how it can help with physician shortages, with other clinical shortages. Can you please talk about that? Absolutely. So the AACM has estimated they've got numbers running between 50-something thousand and 100-something thousand. So let's just be conservative and say the American Association of Medical Colleges is predicting a 50,000 a shortfall in physicians across the next 10 years. So we can't just throw bodies at healthcare. Uh, Even allowing for the millennial demographic bump, you've got a significant aging population. Uh, As you see baby boomers moving into things, as you see life life expectancy increasing. So we've got this, this set of tensions between fewer providers going forward and more care need. So really, what we have to do is try and find ways of helping the providers who are engaged with their patient be more effective about that. Don't make them wade through the piles of information, bring it down and and give a pre-see for what we think is going on with the patient, something that fits in their way of thinking about medical problems and their, their natural workflows that exist today, that then also says, and here's why. So uh, that also means that we potentially are saying, look, we know this patient has these three different things going on, but we think this is the most critical and why. The, uh, the flippant example I give for something like that is let's not talk about your diabetes while your femur is sticking out of the side of your leg, right? Your <laughs> diabetes is not relevant just at the moment. So as I'm now talking about populations that are aging, physicians having less time, let's get you the insight that's most useful, but make sure we've explained why we think it's most useful and what we think is tying to there. So that really goes to the heart of 
helping providers become more effective over time by taking away the stuff that the machine can do for them without negating their decision making and their years of experience and knowledge. Can you talk more about that as far as what exactly AI can do? Does it stop them from having to do as many clicks on a computer? Does it take information and process it so that they are not looking up information? I'm, I'm just trying to get a better understanding of how that works. Great question again. I would say both, right? Uh, you hear a great many reports about physician feed, uh, sorry, physician fatigue yes. with EHRs. So many clicks, so many alerts. So to the degree that AI can bring sensible models to that and pull things to the most useful piece of information, that's absolutely one part of it. To the degree that it can say, okay, here's what we think is going on and here's a potential care path to take forward that is not a cookie cutter answer, we'll hear everybody does X, but it is actually informed by the patient's experience. So it's personalized care still. Both of those things help to improve the efficiency. Let me not make the provider wade through information and let me give them actionable insights that they can immediately turn around and say, okay, Mr. Zander, I think we need to do the following next. I'm, we're either going to put you on this drug regime or we need, this is the next step in this process, or I need you to engage with some external organization to help you get better about things. It's really both sides of that. Improving information gathering and making it easier to make choices and move forward with patients. And how did uh, physicians get this? Is it a platform? Is it tied into the EHR? What happens? So to be effective, you've got to meet the physician in the middle of the workflow that they have today. So any clinical decision support system, any population health system, any broad scale analytics solution that hasn't figured out how to insert useful information while the patient's sitting in the doctor's office with the doctor is not going to work. Providers are not going to go look for another thing. Providers' offices aren't really going to go look for another thing. To the degree that we can make the nurse practitioner or the nurse support staff more effective as well, that improves the overall flow. But you've got to put answers at the point of care in the workflow that exists. That's the only way that you get this to then have a scaling effect on things. Providers are already too busy to look away and go click on some other things. It's got to be in the information that's in front of them there and then. Okay. Any uh, predictions on where AI goes from here? I actually think that there is both a, a horizontal and a vertical component. So it gets broader and it gets deeper. Most of what you hear about AI in healthcare are examples of what I think of as deep. You go back a little over 10 years, there was uh, an AI model built to predict sepsis in neonates at the, the Toronto Sick Kids Hospital. Did an amazing job, could actually identify sepsis 24 hours before a trained clinician recognized the signs of sepsis in that patient, but was very focused on the monitoring that was coming out of the NICU. That's, a very, that's an example of sort of deep. You hear people talk about genomics and is that going to help me predict things or is epigenetics going to help me predict disease paths? Again, I think that's an example of deep. The, the other piece that really needs to come to the fore though is how do I deal with chronic conditions and how do I look at this from a population health perspective? 
that's the other place where I think AI and specifically interpretable AI has a great deal of value to bring to bear to a population. If we start looking at populations, uh, we've got people today focused on gaps in care. Which gaps in care are going to be, all gaps in care are critical, but which ones can we have the most effect on the quickest so that we're ensuring that the overall quality of care is increasing always? Uh, do I start out with worrying about screening tests or do I start out worrying about the longer term conditions, depending on where a patient is in their journey? Does that then flip? Today, a provider has to make all of those judgments themselves. They've got to sit there and essentially rethink through the case. I think that AI is really going to help drive that broader population health space and get, the, uh, get collections of people better and also help inform the individual patient's care, right? Population health and individual patient health are two sides of the same thing. So models that do a good job of saying what's going on with this specific patient can also be used to inform how do I engage with this set of patients and sort of move everybody forward. So a broader case for population health. Stephen, thank you. This has been fascinating. I appreciate you being with us on HIMSCast. Thank you very much.